fanzine, Book Club Norwich, and we very much appreciate the transparency the club is showing. Um, why do you think that's important to the club's overall mentality as the sporting group? Because, of course, there are elements to the actual sporting side of the game that you don't necessarily want to share too much about, for example, how the, things about the players and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think, first and foremost, I'm a football fan. Um, and as a fan, the biggest frustration is when people don't tell you the truth. Um, what I've always said is, you know, any club I've been at, once the, once the owners give you permission, is, you know, let's be honest, uh, but let's explain to people that sometimes we're going to tell you something you don't want to hear. Um, so don't criticise us for being honest if it's bad news, you know, but then praise us when it's good news, you know, it's like accept it on both sides, but let's be honest because, you know, if you've got challenges, um, within your business, within your club or whatever. It's like, well, be honest with people and um, maybe people might actually help you and have a bit more uh, appreciation for it. And I, and I think part of our honesty reflected in the season ticket reviews. I think because people were like, you know what, they always said it might have been a difficult season. It has been, they've been honest about what they're trying to do about it. Let's back this a little bit longer. And, um, you know, we certainly don't take that for granted. We've been fortunate that, you know, you guys have stuck with us and hopefully along the way that continue. If, if there is a... Obviously, we're at the top of the league. Brilliant. Obviously, the financial picture of the, the club is, is always, you know, we're never going to have millions and millions and millions of pounds. If we do not get promoted, what is the long-term sustainable picture for the club? Would we have to sell lots of players? Would there be a short sell? Was, what would be the long-term plan? I think, to be honest, if you look at it, I think we've, you know, never say never, we've probably had the biggest colour we had which in terms of last summer. Um, you know, we're out of the immediate danger let's call it um, but I think as a self-funding club the longer we remain in the championship the harder that gets uh, I think that's why we took the, the decision last year to invest so much within the academy so much within the scouting network because you know the biggest way to, to sort out a financial problem is there's only so much you can get from shirt sales and stuff like that is through player trading you know and for us we have to sign a certain type of player or develop a certain type of player from the academy because you know, the two Murphys, Madison, have become worth a lot of money and we have to find the next ones of them. And what we have to be is, and hopefully we demonstrated that a little bit this summer, that, yeah, we're going to lose some players that we all love, but we've got the next one. You know, if you look at 12 months ago, we did it, Johnny Halston, Banks, OK, we've got Madison. Um, this year we've done it, Madison and Murphy, but it's OK, here comes Buendia, here comes Campwell, here comes Leitner. You know, so hopefully, um, you know, we've demonstrated that we can do that. We won't always get it right, absolutely not. We'll sometimes get it wrong, but, you know, Again, it comes back to the honesty. If we're honest with ourselves about the situation and we don't bury our heads in the sand now that oh, if we're not promoting, we might lose players, oh, we'll worry about it in the summer. You know, the work starts the minute the transfer window closes on September the 1st, the window comes for, for, the, for the next summer because it's like, well, if we don't go up, we may lose this player, we may lose this player. Who's the next one we're going to find? You know, who's the next Wendy? Where's the next Pookie coming from? Who's the next Academy starlet? Um, you know, and again, if we do our work properly every day, um, there's no reason why... Yet, as the financial squeeze gets bigger, we can't still produce on the pitch. And, that, and that's a challenge for us, and that's a balance we've got to get. But again, it comes back to being honest about it and not standing here going, no, everything's fine. And then, you know, we don't get promoted and, and players get sold or whatever. And then all you guys quite rightly go, hang on a minute, you know, why do you lie? It's like, no, let, let's be honest, let's embrace the challenge and, um, you know, let's go and smack it straight in the face rather than just sort of trying to hide from it. Sure. I, again, I think the fans very much appreciate it. I remember when. Uh, we sold Dean Ashton years and years and years ago and the day before he, we sold him the club came out and said he's not going anywhere mm. and I thought why are you saying that well, we all know <laughs> we all know he's going but of course I was only 14 at the time I was pretty gutted but 
Still hurts you though. Yeah. Emotional scarring. Yeah. <laughs> whenever we sell, whenever we sell a great player, it doesn't great though. <laughs> whenever it, but but you know, it's just the way it is. The thing and Norwich supporting a club like Norwich, I put that in inverted commas. I think so. If you look at Liverpool selling Suarez, selling Coutinho, you know, even one of the biggest clubs in the world, it, they have to do it. Okay, on a much greater scale, they can sell Coutinho and bring in Van Dijk, but. If you take away the figures, it's only the, the similar thing as us selling Madison and bringing in Lightning. You know, it's sure. um, it's the reality is what we've got to do. Sure. I think uh, the final question for me is the same similar question I asked Ed. Um, are there any misconceptions that you think fans have of what your role is or what the club are doing that you'd like to put to bed? Um, no, I don't think so. I think all you want is all you ever want is sort of people to be fair. Uh, and I felt last time, last season, there was times when. You know, there was some personal criticism and, and people slagging you off personally, which they didn't didn't need to do that. It's like, I don't want to sell these players either. You know, it's not my choice. You know, I don't want to sell James Madison. I don't want to sell this player. And unfortunately, social media will give people a platform to sure. pretty much say whatever they want, which they never say to your face. You know, they never come up to you and go, oh, by the way, Weber, I think you're this. Because they wouldn't, because, you, you know, you'd do something to them and, and that'd be it. Um, so I think that's, that's disappointing, but that is what it is. In terms of the role itself... The most important thing is that we're comfortable with it, so Daniel's comfortable with it, I'm comfortable with it, the board are comfortable with it, um, you know, and we know what we are, we know where the lines are, um, and that's the most important bit, but all you want is, you know, when there's difficult times, people just maybe at times just show a bit more understanding and don't have a beer and just tweet nonsense, sure. and especially when it's personal, so no problem if we got beat 5-0, defending was rubbish, whatever, Stuart Webber signing is rubbish, well, not, not a problem at all, but it's when it becomes sort of personal about you, you're like, come on, you don't need to say that. Because um, it's you're talking about human beings. Same with players. I see the criticism, criticism some of these boys get. It's like they're young blokes. Mm-hmm. They don't try and go and play badly. I've never met a footballer yet who wants to play badly. Um, but some of the criticism they get, I think, is pretty, pretty tough. And uh, you, know, you just, I think, we've got a job within football to educate people a bit more. To go, no, these are normal human ge- beings. They're somebody's son, somebody's dad, somebody's sure, brother. Yeah. Um, somebody's husband, somebody's boyfriend, or whatever, and it's like, you know what, their family read that, you know. And I had it yep. times last year where, um, you know, my uncle, who's not the most computer savvy, was bringing me up, going, "Have you seen this about you on the computer?" And, and I'm like, well, "No." I'm like, "What are you doing reading it?" You know, and, and he's like, a, "My dad to me," you know, and uh, you know, he's getting upset. And I'm like, "No, no, don't listen, don't listen to it, don't listen to it." And uh, you know, but listen, that's a, I think it's a disease in football, which we're not going to change tonight. Okay. That's, that's everything I have, thank you. Okay. Yeah, I think that forms the basis really in my first question. Um, I, I wrote about Matt, the whole Matt Jarvis situation. I think he's been subject to, to quite a lot of um, abuse, I think is, is fair, fair enough yeah, to say, yeah, on absolutely. social media. Uh, how much does that affect him, both as a player and what he does? Because being injured is, is very isolating anyway, as we know. Um, so how much has that criticism or, or abuse affected him? Ultimately, you'd have to ask him that, but I think um, naturally it will. I think for Matt, you know, he doesn't choose to be injured, you know, and, and it's been a real sad story what's happened to him at this club because, you know, he's, he was flying at West Ham before he got here, Wolves before that, obviously the England stuff, and uh, you couldn't meet a better pro, you know, you couldn't meet a better bloke in football, you know. Um, and it's pretty sad what's happened here for him, and, you know, hopefully, it, it, you know, he can still come back and, and, and play a part uh, for us, but if not, you know, he, you know, he feels bad about what's happening. You know, I've had lots of conversations with him where you know he's like, oh, I'm taking money from the club, but I can't play. But it's through, not through his choice, through you know, constantly his body letting him down, and that's really tough. And, and we as clubs, one of our biggest challenges going forward is people's well-being and and people's mental states because it's a tough industry and it's a tough world. And 
you know, we have to be aware of that and, and constantly offer support, you know, but um, in terms of Matt, he's got some good people around him, he's experienced and, you know, he's, he's dealt with it as well as he could, he's been treated unbelievably well by the medical team and, you know, that will continue uh, while he's under contract with us and uh, beyond that, you know, we'll, we'll always look after him because he's a good bloke and he deserves it. Uh, just on sort of the tactical side of things, I think we saw Norwich last year uh, sometimes play a three at the back, sometimes play a four. I think this year we've seen a consistent four. Um, is, is that down to last season being used, perhaps not as an experiment, but perhaps to, to uh, find a formula that works? Or do you think it's just the players Daniel has now suits that system and he's found a method of getting the best out of them? Yeah, it's probably more of a question for Daniel, but I think at times last year, you know, when we were leaking goals, you know, Daniel had to find another way of, of sort of stopping that. I think the other thing is, if you look at it, certainly the first half of last season, you know, we'd had one transfer window together. You know, Daniel had come in at the end of May, um, and we had one transfer window. So you're never going to get, let's say, your ideal profile of players. So we had some really top players last year, as well as with Madison Murphy, but we didn't always have players who really fitted our idea on football and Daniel's idea of football whereas since then we've had the January window which obviously brought three players in in Moritz, Dennis and Onel and then we had the summer window where we could further increase that so every player now we bring in is one we definitely know fits how we want to play football and, and so I don't think it's any coincidence that we look a much better team now um, I don't expect us to be top of the league or whatever I don't expect that but you know we always said at the start of the season we expect it to be a better team this year mm-hmm. um, just because of the the, the type of players that we were able to recruit in Daniel's had a third, full year of his working methods let's not forget how hard that was you know these players went from having two days a week off uh, to only having one day a week off mm-hmm. on Monday and you know being worked harder than they ever have um, being fitter than they ever have working in, and that, that takes time to adapt and unfortunately people don't always see that because football's a, a quick win and so look at us you know ten weeks ago we would have had this AGM and, and fans would have been probably calling for myself and Daniel to be sacked Tonight they're calling for us both to be given new contracts. You know, another ten weeks we could lose the next twelve games, and again it'd be like get rid of them. They were, told you they were rubbish. So, you know, I think luckily for us at the club, you know, we've got a really experienced ownership. Um, who've been through most things they could probably go through in football, in fairness, and uh, lots of experienced staff who've been on that journey with them, who can have that constant of no, no, no. Let's be a steady line through this. As long as the working methods are right, as long as the ideas are right, you know, you back that it'll then uh, come together. And I think. Um, Again, forget about being top of the league, but just in terms of level of performance this season, um, you know, I think everyone can see a step change. You know, we just look a better team. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, forget about the results. Even the games we've lost, I think West Brom at home, even Birmingham away, Sheffield United away, all right, difficult. Um, but even them games, you'd go, I'll tell you what, we played all right, though. Um, we didn't win the games, but we, but we played all right. And I think uh, hopefully everyone can see that's, you know, our work um, and Daniel's especially work coming to fruition. Do you think losing James Madison and Josh Murphy has actually benefited the side as, as to help find a balance? Um, no, I think I'd love to see them in this with this current group. I really would. Um, yeah, it'd be pretty exciting, I think, um, seeing, seeing them still here. But I think what we did, we dealt with it. You know, we knew it was coming. So, you know, James Madison leaving was never a surprise. We knew very, very early that that was going to happen. Uh, probably influenced partly bringing Moritz in in the, in the January if we're honest um, so what we did we had a plan to deal with it so we were never going to get James Madison we were never going to get Josh Murphy because they're outstanding individual players so we were never going to replace them like for like but what it did do it gives an opportunity to go and find other replacements and maybe mould a team more that you know we, we think is maybe a better team with you know maybe not such outstanding individuals and um, and I think that's the key thing, you know, with Daniel and myself. Uh, the board's outlook is very much 
let's take the positive even out of a bad situation. So a bad situation is losing James Madison. The positive is, yeah, but look, we can now do this and this with the squad. Um, and that's where we're back, you know, the ability of our scouting team, which is led by Kieran Scott, who, who are outstanding. Um, uh, the, the academy with Steve Weaver and, and his team to go, no, come on then, let's let's take and let's create new opportunities. And I've always said, let's create new heroes. We can't afford to, to buy superstars. We have to make them. Um, and, you know, I think we're, we're doing that pretty well and hopefully we can continue to do that. Yeah, I think I think there's there's been talk tonight about open um, open openness and honest honesty. I think from from board level to supporters, but it also seems like there's that um, between members of the club. Whereas perhaps when you arrived, there there wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I only know that way of working is you know maybe else not being the brightest lad or something. But it's like let's just cut to the chase and and let's just talk pretty straight about things and as long as it's not personal of which it should never be it should be what's our focus well our focus is to to make the club better well if you've got something to say say it because as long as it's not a personal agenda let, let's do it and um you know i know delia and michael's dream you know when i joined and, and first met them was about being as transparent as possible and you know that's a true value of mine is no let's be honest with people even if sometimes it's not what people want to hear let's tell them the truth because we can deal with it then rather than you know if you lie and lie and lie it can come back and bite you so um, you know let's be transparent and we haven't got all the answers we, we know lots of the problems but we don't have all the answers and you know sometimes you need help and you need help from whether that's supporter groups telling us whether it's uh, shareholders here tonight um, or whether it's our staff you know we've got to empower people to feel that they can put their hand up or write an email and go got an idea it might be a bit stupid but what about this and you know sometimes the uh, best things in the world have been created from what people think are stupid ideas so uh, you know we have to be open-minded to that especially in our situation as a self-funded club every penny counts every penny we lose uh, or we make a mistake on every player we make a mistake every commercial deal uh, the guys make a mistake on hurts us more because we haven't got someone at the end going that's ah, okay don't worry I'll write a check for you um, so you know we have to create that you know where every sort of penny counts sort of attitude and um you know, I think we've done that pretty well so far. Still think we've got a long way to go on making that the best it can be. But you know, we've taken some good steps in the last eighteen months since I've been here. I can't, I wasn't here before, so I can't comment. But you know, it certainly seems a bit more open since I've been here, and long may it continue. Okay, last one for me because I'm conscious we both want to go and watch I'm a Celebrity. So definitely, um, <laughs> plus one. <laughs> um, what's the what's the situation? Don't situ- tell us who did the trial. <laughs> what's the situation with with Daniel's contract, and are you confident that he will stay? Yeah, you know, Daniel, I have a real honest an open relationship since the day he joined and you know we started speaking about it funnily enough last Christmas um, when we almost did a we went for dinner and did a six month review not in an appraisal way but in a you know what do you think have you found it you know he settled here you know what have you found English football living in Norwich etc etc and you know he's always maintained he's really happy here we've always been happy with him um, I think he's grateful that the club stuck by him because he could have been manager of, of lots of other clubs and lost his job last year and he, and he knows that and he's not stupid and um and you know none of us are naive and stupid for that, and you know, and that brings you know a certain level of loyalty. So I think from both sides, there's a real willingness to continue on. I think we've been relaxed because we're probably both relaxed type of characters that we trust each other, um, and the club trusts him, and he trusts the club that no one's going to stitch any anyone up here. Uh, and let's talk when the time's right. And I think we've had so much work to do since we stepped joined the club that you know, to be honest, we haven't had much time to sit and discuss in great deal you know details of contracts and stuff so there has been times where we've had to go listen we're going to have to park that uh, and we'll pick it up when there's a free time because Daniel is a coach like no other I've met in terms of his meticulous preparation for games you know he's in the office till 
eight o'clock at night um, on a Sunday preparing for a Tuesday game and stuff. It's like so he actually hasn't got the mental capacity to then deal with um, with this sort of stuff. But you know we had a good sit down in Tampa and discuss lots of things privately, and I remain privately. Um, you know, but I think we're you know both parties are in a really good place, and you know I'd like to think that we could get some it um, done sooner rather than later. Um, which he's happy with, that we're happy with, and um, you know we continue uh, building on the good work he's done so far. Okay, cheers, Joe. Thank All you. Right.